welcome to Heavy Content, the podcast where I watch all the things with a fat person in it and tell you how deeply it will be ingrained in your psyche. I'm your host, Sam, and I hope to make it to the end of this episode in one damn piece. So, this is the very first premiere inaugural episode of Heavy Content, and I'm super excited to see where this project goes. Before we jump into it and I talk to uh, the first super special guest and I introduce our topic, I need to lay a little foundation, some groundwork, so we know what's going on. So a little bit about me, your host. My name is Samantha Nock. I am a writer and a poet. I grew up in northern BC in Treaty 8 territory in Dawson Creek, um, but my family originally comes from northern Saskatchewan, all across or Sigitawak. I am a fat woman living in Vancouver, British Columbia, and it is probably one of the thinnest, whitest hellholes of gentrification you will find. Yeah, I know. I love movies. I love TV. I love celebrity gossip. I live and breathe this. I got the idea to make this podcast after I saw the trailer for Insatiable on Netflix, which um, I watched the first episode and it was horrifying, but I saw that and I saw that Netflix was making this new teen drama about a fat bullied girl in high school who gets punched by a man because they're fighting over her Snickers bar and gets her jaw wired shut and she's on a liquid only diet. And when she comes back from that, she's like thin and beautiful and all this stuff. And there's so many other things about this show that I'm sure we'll talk about later on in the season. But I saw this and I was like, it is 2018 and we're still playing out these tropes. We're still dragging fat people through the mud for no reason besides being a punchline. And I was like, fuck that. I'm so sick of this and I want to talk about it. And so I took to Twitter. If you want to follow my train wreck of a Twitter account, it's just at Sammy Marie. But I took to Twitter and I was like, hey, would you be interested in listening to a podcast where someone, me, talks about fat people in the media? And people are like, yeah, I think I would like that. Then I was like, hey, can you tell me what movies you'd like to see me talk about? What TV shows? What characters? And you all came flooding in with so many responses and so many retweets and replies. It was amazing. I have such a big list of things I want to talk about this season. But that is how this joke came about. And I'm really excited to start really diving into these topics and really start talking about how fat people are represented. So this show will air every two weeks if everything goes according to plan. Um, really hoping my Capricorn tendencies super take over. So my plan is to have a new episode every other Wednesday. Each episode will talk about a specific trope of a fat person in the media, like the fat suit flashback, the fat best friend, the rebel Wilson, etc. Sometimes the episodes you will just hear my voice coming through your headphones, but every now and then I'm going to feature a very special guest that will sit down and talk to me about what's going on, what their hot takes are. That's the basis of this podcast, and I am really excited to jump into the very first episode featuring my very first super special guest, my roommate, Lindsay Stewart. And together, we're going to be talking about the fat best friend.
Now, you're probably a little confused. You're like, Sam, lean in. Let's like a tuttle. Let's have a talk. You're like, okay, girl, you started this podcast to talk about fat people and your first guest isn't fat. I know. And you're probably confused and that's totally okay. But here's the thing. Lindsay is my roommate. We've been roommates for six years. We co-parent two cats. We are best friends. And when you really think about the situation, I'm the fat best friend in this. So basically I'm Truman showing this and I'm making myself my own character in my first podcast episode, but that is it. So I wanted to talk to Lindsay about what it's like to have a fat best friend. Hello, Lindsay. Hi, Sam. How you doing? Good. Good. We uh, got some nudes. The drinks. Yeah. Nudes. If you haven't tried nudes, I would recommend it. Maybe nudes They're, will sponsor us. Maybe. Yeah. Worth plugging, I would say. Yeah. They're a vodka soda. Very unsweetened. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Refreshing. Yeah. Nice. Uh, easy on my current hangover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That too. Uh, all right. Lindsay. Who are you? What do you do? I am Lindsay. I, what do I do? I work a boring office job um, that I hate. And aside from that, I play in a couple bands. What are your bands? They are Birdo and Maneater. Tell, tell us about both those bands. These bands are both uh, pop bands, I guess. Pretty poppy. Yeah. 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 I think they're good. Listen for yourself um i will link Lindsay's bands band camps on the page so you can go take a look at those and have a listen maybe throw both the bands some money purchase the demos <laughs> yeah so like i said earlier Lindsay's my roommate we've been roommates for a long time we have two cats and we're gonna talk about the fat best friend together yeah So the fat best friend trope is this trope that is so unbelievably played out in movies and TV, and it is centered on the idea that for every kind of conventionally attractive, thin lead, there is a chubby, nerdy sidekick. So we got Lorelai from Gilmore Girls with Suki St. James. We have Barb from Stranger Things, the friend to... Nance. I hated Barb. You did. I was pretty indifferent. I thought that her, the, like, support for her was a little bit unwarranted. People loved her on the internet. People rode hard for Barb. Yeah. I, I hated Barb because I think she deserved more. (laughs) Barb did deserve more. Barb did deserve so much more. She was alive for, like, 15 seconds. Yeah. Just to be whiny. Whiny, and why did they make her so damn frumpy? Oh, I know. Ugh. Anyway, so we got the Barb's, we got the Suki's, we got the Julie's from the Ladybirds. <laughs> Plural. <laughs> Plural. All the Ladybirds. So the fat best friend trope is just the idea that fat people, and usually this is women, that fat people don't get to have a fully developed character and personality like the thin leads in movies and TV, which is, I think, highly unwarranted. 
I agree. Yeah. So, can you think of any examples of this? Yeah. Besides the ones you mentioned, like, there's there's so many. Um, but one that came to mind for me was George Costanza. Oh, George. Friend to Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, yes. Seinfeld. Yes. Um, I've seen every episode of Seinfeld about 3,000 times. It's true. Um... And yeah, George, classic FBF, I would say. He is. He is. So first of all, Seinfeld is white people propaganda. You just need to accept that. Um, I won't. It is. But also, I think George is. He's an interesting character. Because he still uh, begs all the hot honeys. So many hot honeys. Like you said, it's usually a thing that exists with characters who are women mm-hmm. and um that's kind of the difference i guess is that he's still like scoring babes numbers all the time mm-hmm. even though you know he's like he's depicted as a like complete slob obviously yeah there's ways that um george's character i think is really connected to his fatness so he's slobby he's like not put together he's like not really shown as smart Mm -hmm. um he's lazy and i feel like it the joke is kind of sometimes that he does have these hot girlfriends for sure we're like maybe not the joke in the show at the time but it's a joke for the audience definitely yeah and it's it's a point of conversation all the time on the show as well whereas like it's never questioned Mm -hmm. that jerry would be like Dating a babe, mm-hmm. you know? Even though I wouldn't say that Jerry Seinfeld's attractive at all. He isn't. Right. He looks like macaroni. <laughs> There's also another fat character on Seinfeld. Newman. Newman, right. Newman was in Space Jam. Mm-hmm. And that's all I really know about Newman. Oh, he was also in Dirty Dancing. Who wasn't he? Who? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he wasn't in Dirty Dancing. No, that was Patrick Swayze. Oh, how could I mix up Newman and Patrick's? My bad. Honest mistake. Uh, really, Johnny Castle, Newman, tomato, tomato. Tell us about Newman. Ugh. Newman is ugh, the fat best enemy. He's the fat best like, frenemy. A bored character. He's just he's evil. He's evil. He's evil. Um, you were telling me earlier that there was this plot uh, where Newman begs a hot honey. And I guess breaks up with her because she's not his type. And then Jerry dates her and finds this out and it's a problem. It's a huge problem. Jerry's horrified that this woman he's dating previously dated Newman, but more horrified to learn that Newman ended the relationship. Because he's fat. Yeah. As, that's like, so he wild. He wouldn't be able to do better. Yeah. But he ended it. Well, that's because when you're fat, you just need to take whatever drag society throws at you and be happy with of it. Of course, yeah. You can see my dating life. and uh... <laughs> Can't attest to it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I came here for a good time. <laughs> Not to be dragged, an honest time. dragged by my hair in my own house. But yes. You're just like this idea that you just have to take whatever you're given. Yeah. And the whole joke is that Newman, ugly and fat, turned down this hot honey. And so annoying. So annoying. I do like that he's the fat best frenemy, though. Yeah. I wouldn't even say frenemy. 
just really stone cold enemy. Oh, I want to be someone's fat best friend of me. You might be. Probably. R.I.P. If I am your fat best friend of me, let me know. Send me a DM. Slip into the Insta directs. Tell me I'm your fat best friend of me so I can live my best life. <laughs> Is there anything else about George? George, yeah, I mean, like, again, I think this is because he's a man. It's not, him being fat is not really, you know, like, the defining uh, factor in his character. Like, I would argue there's more emphasis on him being bald and that making him unattractive. Interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, I feel like for fat men in the media, their body is, like, never really the point of their story whereas fat women in the media that is your entire story right and you have to be actively doing something to change it yes yeah that's unacceptable yeah like fat is your temporary stop on your bigger self journey or whatever which is super interesting because you have shows like king of queens um don't get me started (laughs) where the husband is a fat man dating a hot woman um not that like fat men can't date conventionally attractive women obviously but it's way more acceptable of a depiction to see fat men dating thin women than it is for fat women to be dating thin men for sure but that's i think just the patriarchy yeah we should just have air horns every time we say patriarchy yeah yeah that's like the huge i think a huge difference yeah it's frustrating and it's tired it's so tired. So tired. Even, like, if you think about um, Rebel Wilson's character, which is a great segue, by the way, for our super fun next segment that's coming up. Um, if you look at Rebel Wilson's character and how to be single, she's seen as this, like, free-spirited, um, promiscuous woman who's, like, living her best life. But still, the men she's boning are, like, seen as like frumpy and like kind of gross like it's a regrettable decision she made but she had to do because she's fat and at least she got to like have sex right you got to take the chances when they present themselves oh yeah when the lord throws you a bone you take the bone and you bone it (laughs) bone the bone you gotta bone the bone does she ever beg honey in that movie uh no i don't think so no no, she doesn't. I don't... I've not watched it so Because much. the girl who I think was in Fifty Shades of Grey, she yeah. begs the bartender, honey. Ugh, yeah. That guy's face is disgusting to me. I love him. So his name is like Ander, Anders something Swedish. I don't know. Um, just mayonnaise the name. I think he's so hot. That's so strange to me. He has a face like a lovable youth pastor. <laughs> That's an oxymoron. Youth pastors are my king. Probably. Don't shame me. I'm just, it's going to be 10 seconds of silence while Lindsay (laughs) stares at me in disgust right now. He is cute. He was on the Mindy Project. He played a literal youth pastor on the Mindy Project. Maybe that's why I think he looks like a youth pastor. That might have influenced it. You should post a picture of him on this link and do a poll. I... We'll run a poll on the heavy content Insta and the heavy content Twitter, and we can decide together as a group if Anders McMayonnaise is a hot youth pastor 
or he's like nothing like Lindsay says <laughs> just nothing just nothing all right i think it's time we take a break and we go into our first super fun segment it's time for where in the world is rebel wilson and this is where i google rebel wilson an icon funny fat lady queen Mm -hmm. problematic but (laughs) is she problematic herself or the role she's playing i feel like she's done something bad i I think so too but i can't remember racist maybe Uh, i thought she was from new zealand i think she's australian oh well i did a google of her earlier today and i found probably the most horrifying picture I've ever seen in my life. So in May, Rebel did the cover for Vogue Australia. Varg. <laughs> Sorry, that was really... Was that Vogue in Australia? Varg. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, one more time. Varg? Yes, thank you. Uh, again? Varg. Okay. Yes. So she did a cover um, for... Varg? Australia. And she looks like a weird Olsen twin. Um... <laughs> I'm being really mean, but this it's she looks so insanely different and all the articles around this are thinking that she was just heavily photoshopped because she looks significantly thinner. Yeah. It's I would say unrecognizable. Yeah, she looks unrecognizable. It's fucking weird. What did you say earlier what that she was going to do? Oh, <laughs> try and fit children into an oven. She looks like she looks like a, a, a witch who would, would live in a cottage in the woods. Yeah, she she looks like the witch from Handsome Gretel. Um, we are shitting on her so hard. Well, are we? Yeah. Um, I mean, she looks... Uh... I think, okay, so she looks good. She just looks so different. It's like when Renee Zellweger got a new face. And everyone was like, hey, what <laughs> is this? Yes. And like, ugh, I don't know. You can't, I guess you can, but just like show up on the cover of Varg and in a different body looking unrecognizable. Like, it's so weird because I obviously don't know Rebel Wilson personally, <laughs> but she's obviously lost weight, which... If you Google her, every suggested search is Rebel Wilson weight loss. And she lost some weight and looks totally unrecognizable, is now on the cover of Vogue Australia. And I feel like this is just what happens when you're a fat actress. Yeah. You think it's like you just you you lose the weight. Like, you lose the weight, like, you get applauded for losing weight. Like, I think Rebel got typecasted heavily yeah. Um, in all the movies she was in. And I think she's, like, super funny and, like, a really good actress. But I think now maybe it's, like, the pressures. Because I was reading an interview with her where she was talking about her weight loss. And she was saying that, you know, she, like, cut out wheat and carbs and is, like, going on four-day hikes. Which, like, whatever, like, live Jesus. your life. But she was like, I never had a problem 
with my body, but I'm in the public eye, so you know. And it's just like, <sighs> damn, dude. It's disappointing. But it's so understandable. Right. And I'm just, like, sad because, like, I think before Rebel Wilson was just, like, this really funny, like, kind of like a pack of, like, neon crayons character. And now she's, like, on the cover of Vogue Australia in what looks like a black prom dress and a burlap sack. (laughs) And it's, like, very fashion. It's fashion. But, like, she wouldn't have been on the cover if she was, like, still fatter. No, probably never. And it's so frustrating. I'm wondering what roles she's going to be offered now. I know. Because she's been typecasted so hard. But, yeah, she really has. But she does it well and, like, basically plays the same character. Yeah. In every movie. But. Yeah. She's funny. She's Um, so funny. Yeah. I will put a link to the Vogue cover on the page so you can see what we're looking at. She does look like a weird Olsen twin. We are being very harsh, but it's just so bizarre. And I feel like it took away some of her spark. Yeah. I don't know. I just get really sad when fat people lose weight, especially when they're in like the like public eye because representation is so important. And like even if they're getting like just the shit rolls, like they are getting like the most typecasted and you're still just like so stoked to see a fat person. It's kind of like dating. You're right. just like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also saw another thing when I Googled her. She was dating someone named, like, Michael Gooch Jr. (laughs) And I could not get over the fact that someone's name is Gooch Jr., meaning (laughs) there's a Gooch Sr. Does a senior only become a senior when there's a junior? If a tree falls in the forest, does anyone hear it? No. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you only become a Gooch Jr., if there's a Gooch Senior, and you only become a Gooch Senior when there's a Gooch Junior. But I just want to know how you become a Gooch. <laughs> yeah. Gooches of the world. Unite. Unite. There's a hashtag. If, uh, if you are a Gooch, uh, slide into my DMs and let me know if I was very offensive. If I was a little bit of a Gooch-phobe. <laughs> Alright. And that concludes Where in the World is Rebel Wilson? Welcome back from our Rebel Wilson check-in. I'm happy she's living her best life on Australian Vogue and broke up with Gooch Jr. So, fat best friends. We talked about George and Jerry. And now I want to talk about two examples I brought up earlier. One is very near and dear to my heart. And one I hated with all my heart. (laughs) So, Gilmore Girls. I love Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls is like my lifeblood. I will watch it when I just need something on in the background. I can quote it. I can sit there and watch an episode and mouth the words. It's, I've seen it. It's true. Um, it's formed a lot of my humor, apparently, says I've Lindsay. I've seen it. <laughs> um, Gilmore Girls, very formative in my life. Very white. Also white propaganda. I was just going to critique you for being so quick to dismiss Seinfeld as such. Okay, but Seinfeld is white people propaganda, and so is Gilmore Girls. Okay, as long as you admit. Yeah, no, it's very white. Yes. Also, very kind of racist. It's my problematic fave. We're all allowed to have one. Yeah. Lorelai, 
Lauren Graham, first of all, I love Lauren Graham. I ride hard for Lauren Graham. I listen to her memoir on audiobook, and she reads it, and it was very short because she talks so fast. She actually talks like that. It was so charming, and it was so good. I love her. Do you think she talked like that pre-Gilmore Girls? Yeah. I think that's why she got the role. They just did a, a speech rate. Yeah, it's really funny because so the person who directed and wrote Gilmore Girls, um, Amy Sherman Palladino of she's married to Dan Palladino and they both kind of like wrote episodes on and off for Gilmore Girls up until the sixth season. They didn't do the seventh season, which you can tell, but she has done other shows. So she's done Bunheads and she did like that one on Amazon Prime, like Miss Marple stand-up comedy hour. What the fuck is it? What is it? The Marvelous Ms. Mabel? Yeah. Mabel? Like yeah. Anyway, both of those you can tell that Amy Sherman Palladino wrote, but they're, like, not nearly as fast as Gilmore Girls. True. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the speed is all thanks to Lauren Graham. I think Lauren Graham and the wonderful and talented actress Alexis Bledel. <laughs> Yeah, Alexis Bledel. Where's her Oscar? Um, I think she lost it on the scene in Postgrad where she's boating on the blowout furniture. Uh, I watched that movie with my dad. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Because he was like, oh, it's that girl from that show you love. And I was like, Alexis Bledel. It's Rory. And I was like, Rory, don't do that. Rory, (laughs) Rory, what are you doing? Stop, Rory. (laughs) Oh, she gets walked in on by... Michael Keaton. Yeah, her dad. Her dad, Michael Keaton. Yes. Michael Keaton is all of our dads. Mm-hmm. That's a really horrifying thought. <laughs> just, we're all Keaton links. Just impregnated every single mom. <laughs> I just gagged. I, <laughs> I gagged. Um, anyway, <laughs> such a tangent. Gilmore Girls, Suki. So if you, again, have been living under a rock and you haven't watched Gilmore Girls, A, we can never be friends. Um, I have a hard stand against people who haven't watched Gilmore Girls in this day and age. Um, anyway, if you haven't watched Gilmore Girls, Suki St. James, played by the one and only Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy, the early years, she plays Lorelai's best friend, Suki the chef. Again, we have a fat person whose life revolves around food. Which, actually, this was a question I wanted to ask about Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Is, does George's character involve a lot of jokes about food? Hmm. I think more than any other character, yeah. I would say so. Yeah. He's like, food is important to George. Um, there's like... Well, it's important to all fat people. Course, Don't you well, know? Of course, of course. How do you think they got that way? <laughs> uh, there's one episode where him and jerry are at a tennis match and he like sneaks away to get like a hot fudge sundae and then a cameraman sees him and like zooms in and it's like this hilarious thing just a like a fat dude eating a sundae and it's like all over his face which like i don't think would ever fly if it was a skinny character doing that no it wouldn't be funny no yeah i mean it wasn't but yeah yeah like you wouldn't have that punchline exactly um that's really interesting because I feel like a lot of fat characters, I find also, especially the fat best friend for some reason, is always 
somehow eating or involved with food. And this happens on Gilmore Girls with Suki, who's the chef. Also, a really interesting thing about Gilmore Girls is you never see Suki eat. Really? She makes all the food. She's like this amazing chef. And like... Do you think... Sorry, was this kind of their way of being like subversive almost or trying to get people to like Suki? I think they tried to get people to like Suki. Right. Because no one likes to see a fat girl eat. No. Because they shouldn't be doing that. No, it's horrifying. I can attest from my many years of eating in public (laughs) and being stared at. Ugh, yeah. Um, But she never eats. There's like even this scene where she makes Lorelai breakfast and she is like there's like this running bit about kosher bacon mm-hmm. and um she has a plate of food in front of her you see Jackson eat some bacon you see Lorelai eat her food and then Lorelai is like oh I wish I had more bacon Jackson took it all and then Suki's like here take mine but you just never see Suki eat ever wow that's so interesting so like food as an instrument to like um, influence the audience's yeah. perception of the fat character. Because she's a lovable fat character. For sure. She's not she's like... Doing it, she's doing things right. She's not like a Newman, like, fat best friend of me. She's, like, doing everything right. Like, she's quirky. She's funny. She's, like, this amazing chef. chef. She's, like, a great friend to Lorelai. Um, but also, like, just really unoffensive. Totally. Like, her character is never fleshed out. She's just the same from season one to season seven to her 30 seconds in the reboot. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't ever take up too much space. No. Or... Nope. It's pretty. And she's, like, it's really interesting. So, Suki is never seen eating, even though Lorelai and Rory are constantly eating junk food. And that's, like, the running joke is, like, oh, my God, how do they eat like that? They're just so thin and beautiful. Yeah. Ugh. But Suki... Also, is, like, living this life that Lorelai wants but can't achieve because Lorelai is, like, so complex. Mm-hmm. Um, where, like, Suki falls in love with Jackson, the produce man, um, and they get married and have kids and, like, is something that Lorelai wants throughout the series. But because she's, like, this more complex character, like, has to fight for more. Right. Whereas Suki just, like does it immediately but she's also kind of portrayed as like a little bit emotionally duller than Lorelai like she doesn't understand things like she's going to Lorelai for a lot of advice on how to date and like be around men and all this stuff and whereas Lorelai never goes to Suki for advice but just uses Suki as her emotional punching bag right totally Mm -hmm. yeah and Lorelai's character would not work on Suki no. Or someone oh. who looked like Melissa McCarthy. Oh, yeah. No, if this was reversed and Melissa McCarthy was Lorelai and Lorelai was Suki, A, she would not be eating all the junk food. There wouldn't be going to Luke's every morning and ordering, like, a triple stack of pancakes. Mm-hmm. She would be constantly going to, like, Weight Watcher meetings, like, you know, all this stuff. And, like, I love Amy Sherman Palladino, and I do think a lot of her writing that she did at the time was a little bit more progressive, um, even though there's still so many problematic things in it. But I think this is just a trope that is so ingrained that... Yeah, for sure. Um, I was just thinking of that show on Netflix, This Is Us. Oh, yeah. You're probably going to... You probably have plans to talk about this. Yeah, later. Well, we can talk a little bit right now too. But yeah, just like the fact that um, 
I don't even, I don't, I don't know. I saw a couple episodes. But the one character who's fat. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, literally her entire character is just that she wants to lose weight. And she's just like constantly battling this thing that's yeah. it that's like all she's given she also meets her boy in like a fat support group like i don't know what this is i'm so confused i'm not sure what it is it's just like this circle of sad fat people talking about being fat i'm like okay i have been <laughs> fat my entire life i have never once been invited to the secret fatty support group club like where's my invite i need to find a boy yeah, you're never going to do that unless, you know, you get you get in. Yeah. Who do you need to talk to? I don't know. Like, is there, like, a secret? Is it, like, a, like skull and bones thing? Is there an initiation? Maybe like, I'll get a letter one day. Maybe I'll... I'm waiting for my letter. Maybe I'm just not sad enough yet. You'll get there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> don't worry. You're, you're not sad and fat enough. Your letter's There's coming. More to come. It's like Hogwarts, but yeah. the... You're a sad, fat Harry. <laughs> You're a fatty Harry. <coughs> uh. Anyway. <laughs> Just reimagining that entire scene. Um, you could make that. Oh, that's a... That's a... That's gonna be a meme. Um, so, back to Gilmore Girls. One thing I really... Do- did love about Suki's character is that it's never directly about her fatness. Like her body never comes up. Like it's not this thing. I mean, I do feel like because she is a fat woman and a fat actress, like she had a potentially has had a harder time in Hollywood. And this show is definitely like written around like, ah, it's so complicated. It's not about her body ever, but the way she is portrayed is very much, I feel, ingrained in anti-fatness. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Melissa McCarthy, obviously, hella typecasted. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm just thinking, like, yeah, pretty much every movie she's in, (laughs) she's existing to be that. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, Bridesmaids, for example, which Mm -hmm. I fucking love. It's one of my favorite movies. I love Bridesmaids. Watch it on my birthday every year. No, she doesn't. I do. She doesn't. Um, <clears throat> I do, but um, I've been here for six she birthdays. She is just like a disgusting character, and like sh- often shown eating. Yeah. And just generally being kind of gross. Yeah, like seen as like slobby and like kind of. I mean, her bridesmaid character I think is really funny, but it is so typecasted yeah like and there's like she's that there's that one she's with sandra bullock where she she pays yeah the heat where she is sandra bullock's fat best friend of me and then her fat best friend right um and then i feel like every movie she's in like she has some part of it is that she's like frumpy or she's like all these things that are tied to her body which i think melissa mccarthy is so fucking funny yeah she's great Speaking of, did she lose weight recently? Was that a thing? Oh, probably. I remember being upset by seeing that. I could have made it up. I can't believe that when a fat actress loses weight, it makes headline news. Oh, my God. But people love that stuff. Like, there is this model I follow. um, Her name is Tess Holliday. 
And she's, like, um, responsible for, like, the F your beauty standards, hashtag and Insta and all this stuff. And she's a very vocal um, body positivity activist and, like, a fat activist. Um, And I think one of the first models that's, like, a size 26 that's ever been signed to a major modeling agency. Mm -hmm. But she just did – she had an Instagram story where she was working out with this, like, famous Instagram influencer uh, personal trainer – and every damn comment was, I can't wait to see this transformation. Oh, God. Yeah. Fuck that shit, too. Maybe there won't be one. Like, you know, probably people, won't be. Like, people are allowed to fucking exercise for reasons other than finally, like, fitting Releasing your inner skinny oh. person. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but people love a fat transformation. They like, love they it. love it. It's just, like, yeah, weird, like voyeuristic like mm-hmm. element to it where it's kind of like why didn't they do this sooner like finally they've come to their senses and they're gonna do something about this yeah you know? it's similar i think to how women's bodies are kind of seen as public property like women often don't have a right uh to their bodies like they're heavily policed and totally. it's the same with fat bodies mm-hmm. where if you're a fat person you're not seen as having autonomy over yourself and people love to comment on how you can lose weight they love to comment on your body they don't you just all of a sudden don't have a right to it like people like are way more touchy with you and like it's weird yeah just because you're not doing what you should be doing with your body i guess which is changing it to make it look like like you should be skinny yeah and when you're not, it's like, it's weird. And it's assumed that that obviously is your only goal in life. Yeah. So, so a thin person would naturally, you know, have that like secret little nugget of a knowledge for you that yeah. you could benefit from because they're doing it. Yeah. So, you know. Like, it's such a wild thing that people just need to comment on a fat person losing weight. Because like, Rebel Wilson did and she's just living her life. She's doing her thing and she like looks good, but she's always looked good. Melissa McCarthy, like, lost some weight and is doing her thing and looks good. Like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't affect their acting abilities. It's wild. Totally. And it's, like, really interesting, too, that, like, a fat actor could, like, lose exactly the same amount of weight as, like, fucking, like, I don't know, Angelina Jolie. But that's, like, she's dying. Like, yeah. 500 calories a day. Like, mm-hmm. which, I mean, like... Obviously, she is incredibly thin, um, mm-hmm. but it's just so interesting how that's, like, received and portrayed as compared to, like, a fat person losing an enormous yeah. amount of weight, because that's just, like, entirely positive. It's never assumed that there's something unhealthy about it. No, it's never. It's so wild, and, like, yeah, that's why so many eating disorders go undiagnosed in fat people is because... When you're fat and losing weight, it doesn't matter how you're doing it to, to, the outs- to the outside world. It just matters that you're getting thinner. Yeah, which is fucking tragic. It's so sad. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because, like, it's not... People love to pretend they're concerned about the health of fat people when, you know what? Like, being overweight actually isn't really that harmful to your health necessarily at all. No. And... But people love to pretend that's the part that they're concerned about when, like, let's face it, people are just mad that you look the way you do. Like, people are mad, especially, like, 
if you're a fat woman or like feminine and fat, like they can't take it. And it's men. Like this is the patriarchy. Like just, they can't take that. Like you're living outside of what's been socially like prescribed for you. And so there's like this mix of like disgust, but also like interest. (laughs) People are fascinated, like, Mm -hmm. or aliens or something. Yeah, Um, I mean, and, like, women obviously uh, contribute to this, too. And yeah, constantly. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, fascination and almost, like, maybe a jealousy because, like, why do you not care when I'm, like, living my life, like, caring so much? Mm -hmm. And it's exhausting, obviously. And it's also, like, the other thing, too, is where people don't think that fat people do things that are quote-unquote healthy like don't take care of their bodies because they are fat and obviously that's like pathologized all right ladybird to get us back on topic we watched ladybird together and i hated it you did i didn't but i did want more from it Lady Bird is about this teen girl's coming of age in Sacramento, California in, I think, like, 2000, 2002 or something, um, which I'm horrified that we have movies that are, like, about the 2000s and, like, some weird nostalgic light. It's happening. It's happening. Um, but it's about Lady Bird's coming of age, and um, Lady Bird is a very complicated character. It was directed by Greta Gerwig. Um, and I think a lot of the hype around this movie came by the fact that it was directed by a woman. It's very like woman focused, which I do like about it. Like there's nary a man in sight until Ladybird falls in love. Um, and like the main conflict is set around Ladybird and her mom, uh, Lori Metcalf, AKA Jackie from Roseanne it's a relationship. But Lady Bird has this friend named Julie, who's played by Beanie Feldstein, who is Jonah Hill's little sister. She was great. She was great. So charming, affable. Mm-hmm. And I think falls into the fat best friend trope again, where there's like, there's like early scenes where like Lady Bird is like commenting about her own body being like, I want to lose weight. And Beanie's like, me too. <laughs> um, but also she just becomes an emotional punching bag for Lady Bird, I find. Classic FBF. Classic FBF. And I just wanted more. Like, why couldn't Beanie be Ladybird? That'll never happen. Well, because, you know, fat characters can't have a coming of age. No. No. <laughs> they don't come of age. We actually aren't even born. <laughs> fat people, we just materialize out of Twinkie wrappers and <laughs> chocolate Cheeto dust. I don't know. Chocolate Cheeto dust. That's disgusting. Um, <laughs> Um, so, you know, we don't get to go through the things that thin white teenage girls got to go through. We never had to experience that. Right. Because, um, we're just concerned about falling in love and getting skinny. We never wanted to be writers in New York like Lady Bird. No. Which is a bunch of shit, because I really wanted to be a writer in New York when I was 16. (laughs) It was, like, my dream. (laughs) Well, you know, maybe down the road, you'll, you'll get your movie. Sandbird. Sandbird. Just Samantha Sandbird knock. Done. Da- just done. 
at Greta Gerwig. Yeah, Greta, get on it. Make this movie. Yes. Um, or just give me a portion of your income. Really? Yeah. I would love that. Side note, it's just, I feel like there's just this, like, thing that is actually pretty sexist, but, like, when women make an art, people just, like, feel like they have to like it, and just, like, there's so much, like, congratulations, but, like, women can make shitty art, and, like, yeah. you This is to, what I'm saying, yes. Like, women should be held to the same standards as men are. Yeah. And it's misogynistic to think otherwise and think that you just have to like, oh, like clap because a woman made a thing like. Oh, yeah. Like that like, yeah. Oh, yeah. When a woman makes a thing, it's like when like a kitten plays with a yarn ball. There's just a bunch of men like standing around being like, that was beautiful. That was great. Oh, my God. I'm so touched. And then there's this whole other area around it where like you can't critique it because if you critique it. You have men calling you sexist <laughs> because it's like, oh, we gave you this inch. Um, you can't take a mile. Yeah. You just got to be happy with what you're given. You have to like the inch. Yeah. That's men. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's, uh, I think, partly why. Ladybird seemed to get the notoriety that it did, only because yeah. I just thought it wasn't really that original. It was boring. Like, there was nothing we've really not seen before in coming-of-age stories. I did like the mother-daughter conflict yeah. part of it, because uh, that is near and dear to my heart. I did like that Ladybird wasn't built on daddy issues, because yeah. that is a Play-Doh trope sick of it who cares yeah and so it was like cool to see that but again beanie's character uh julie in the movie she never developed like ladybird did no she was cast aside when ladybird started dating she was ditched when ladybird wanted to become friends with that popular girl and, and then forgave her in the end i would love a movie or a TV show where after the fat best friend is used as the emotional punching bag, they are just like, you know what? Fuck you. I don't want to be friends with you anymore. This was terrible. You were mean to me. Yeah. Also, like a self-respecting fat character is seldom seen. That doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have opinions or confidence or self-esteem. No, how could you? Oh, I just, I'm too busy just shotgunning Pepsis for that. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just really disappointing. And I just want... I wanted so much more out of Lady Bird. Me too. But sad that this movie got made as poorly as it did. Sorry, Greta. I'm going to send my regrettas to Greta. <laughs> People are going to have a problem with this hot take. Uh, people, so I wrote a review actually for Lady Bird for Shameless magazine, which is this really cool little magazine out of Ontario that's for queer and trans youth. Um, definitely subscribe or buy a subscription to the magazine. It's so good. I love it. And I love getting the chance to write for them. But I wrote a review for Lady Bird for their blog um, before the Oscars. 
and uh, I got some Twitter hate for it. Really? Yeah, people are really mad that I didn't like Lady Bird. And people are mad because, like, my main, like, thesis of that was, like, this movie was boring. It was fine. Like, cool, a woman did a thing. Like, we should recognize for the things they're doing. I realized... given the opportunity and... But, um, I just wanted more. And I'm sick of, like, having to wait for a thin white cis straight woman to do something before anybody else can all right do you have anything else to say about ladybird um no no mediocre movie yeah could have been better could have been better but so we've talked about suki we've talked about uh julie and we've talked about george and i think there are some really interesting differences in how they portrayed but like george getting more freedom of character because he's a man and it's really funny because i feel like all three of those characters nothing is really centered on their body per se like it's never like a point of a plot in gilmore girls that suki's fat it's not in seinfeld really that george is fat it doesn't come up in ladybird that julie is fat but still how their character exists the things they do how they're represented are all tied to their body and it's wild for sure yeah do you think that this there's any part of it that's realistic or true to real life i think we're gonna get into that after our break so we're gonna take another break um and we'll see you in a couple seconds welcome to a segment called terrible and horrible diets that will probably kill you thank you to women's world magazine so for this segment i look at the cover of women's world magazine everyone's mom's favorite nighttime reading material did your mom read women's world oh hell yeah my mom loved women's world i think she still reads it Sharon, do you still read it? Let me know. Mom, just comment. Um, So, Women's World Magazine is like this trashy mag that I swear to God, all it is is cake recipes and diet tips. It's so confusing. Um, Which one are you supposed to do? I think you... You can't have both. You make the cake for your husband, Lindsay, and then you drink cayenne water for your dessert. Um, <laughs> so the tip I found today is the Martha's Vineyard Cleanse for a slimmer waistline. Mm. Are you ready for this? Yeah. It's wild. It's just wild. So this article about the Martha Vineyard's Detox Cleanse gives you a itinerary of what you eat and drink throughout the day. We're going to go through it. So, this is called the Martha's Vineyards Lose a Pound a Day Detox. A pound a day. A pound a day. Ugh. All right. So, you wake up at 8 a.m. in Martha's Vineyard because you're Ina Garten. <laughs> um, so, you wake up at 8 a.m. You make the 8-ounce water power smoothie. What's in that? I was going to ask you, Lindsay, what do you think is in this? Water power. Um, I'm going to go with water. Ooh, hot take. 
power. There's got to be some sort of protein thing. And mm-hmm. you know what? Maybe that's it. Probably not a banana. That's too high. That's power. too much. So the water power smoothie has one scoop of protein powder, one cup of berries, eight ounces unflavored rice milk, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one and a half tablespoons of almond butter. And here's the kicker. You add water and ice to taste. <laughs> ice to taste. I feel like white people propaganda is saying water and ice have taste. <laughs> so spicy. So spicy. This ice is spicy. All right. So after your very filling water power smoothie breakfast, at 10 a.m., you have one green drink. What's a green drink? Uh, they don't really tell you. It says one scoop of green powder. And it doesn't tell you what's in the green powder. It just has to be green. Just any green powder. You mix that with eight ounces of water to taste. Uh, no ice this time. Oh, yeah. You've already... You've, had, you've, you've gone had. to Flavortown once. <laughs> you can't go to Flavortown again. Um, and then you follow that up with eight ounces of vegetable broth. Mm, you follow it with that. Yeah. That's your fucking dessert. Mm-hmm. Broth. At noon... You have one serving of Martha's Vineyard's detox soup, which, from my understanding, is just vegetable broth and one green drink. At 2 p.m., this is busy. Like, you cannot leave the house. No. Because you'll also be shitting yourself with this. (laughs) Well, women don't work. Or poop. No. Yeah. This is women's world. Yeah. And in women's world... You're a lady, and you don't poop or work. Um, At 2 p.m., you have one green drink again, and then you follow that up with, what do you think? Broth. Broth. Vegetable broth. 4 p.m., two hours later, you have a smoothie, which is one scoop of protein powder, half a cup of berries, and eight ounces of water to taste. (laughs) Does it actually say to taste? Not at this one. It's not the 8 a.m. smoothie. That's for and then he followed up again with eight ounces of vegetable broth. Six p.m. You have God. One... This is a fucking rigorous schedule. This is wild. At six p.m., you have one serving of Martha's Vineyard's detox soup again. At eight p.m., you have eight ounces of vegetable broth. Um, and then you go to bed probably at eight thirty because you're so damn tired. Yeah. While your family eats the pie you made. While your family eats your pie. Yeah. And that is the horrible, probably deadly, potentially fatal women's world diet tip of the day. I hope you enjoyed the diet tip of the day. Uh, don't follow it, please. Too late. <laughs> uh, Catch me in the kitchen. Whipping up a green drink. Green drink. You will probably die. Don't nice follow to taste. it. <laughs> That's nice to taste. All right. So we have talked about the fat best friend trope. We have talked about examples that exist on TV and in movies. We talked about George Costanza. We talked about Julie. I can't remember her last name. Beanie Feldstein's character in Lady Bird. And we've talked about Suki St. James from Gilmore Girls. Now, before we took a break and we uh, talked to Women's World a little bit, 
Lindsay asked me if these tropes that we see on TV ever play out in real life. I talked about this a little bit in the introduction where I think people might question why for my first guest, I had someone who isn't fat. Um, and I did it because I am Lindsay's fat best friend. <laughs> FBF. FBF. Um, or maybe I'm your fat best friend of me. Yeah, I would say. Oh, okay. Well, we can talk about that later. <laughs> I am Lindsay's fat best friend. And it's been really interesting because we have the sort of friendship where we talk about everything. We process everything. We don't, we have a lot of conflict and we talk about it. <laughs> There's a lot of communication that happens. And there definitely have been times where the fat best friend trope has played out in our lives, I think. Not like you've done things, but I think the way people treat me. Right. Which you've pointed out and talked about. Yeah. And, yeah, I've seen it firsthand. Yeah, it's, like, super interesting in the sense that, like, I have noticed, like, even the way, um, like, servers at restaurants and, like, people will talk to you as opposed to they'll talk to me, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's really interesting and also sad. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's also i think it's really funny because Lindsay and i are a part of this community of people kind of like creative arty types um who i feel like i'm dragging people right now who are like alt um and so like very into like like radical left politics and all this stuff and you would think that in this scene, in this realm of people, that body positivity would be this thing that people are, like, living fully. But it's not. The amount of times that I have had people just, like, forget who I am. But, like, we'll remember Lindsay. But just, like, we'll forget me. There are three fat people in this scene. I, like, I'm a noticeable person when I walk into a room. (laughs) Like... I was just always, like, shocked. Like, there are some dudes that um, we've known for a long time, and they took three years to learn my name. And I'm not even exaggerating. What has this been like for you? Because, like, have you ever had the experiences where you've had to think about your your privilege of, like, being a thinner person? Um, I mean, not before you express this to me, no. It's, like, not something that ever would have crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously, like, is the result of my privilege. But, um, yeah, no, honestly. And, like, since you have brought it up to me, I've definitely noticed, um, yeah, just, like, how people we know will treat you, how people we don't know will treat mm-hmm. you, and yeah it's really fucking shitty it is shitty and i like wasn't asking you that to like drag you like you know this (laughs) politic and also like we all have our shit with our body like especially as women we're just predisposed to already just hate ourselves Mm -hmm. um and this like isn't to negate any experiences you've had um with like growing in confidence right um with who you are but i was just super curious because there definitely is the fat best friend trope trickles into real life and I have felt it with a lot of friends where I felt like I automatically just become like the mom of the group 
where like it's already decided I'm probably not going to like hook up or make out or flirt or do any of these things that like you're supposed to do and you like go out which like we don't go out like that right, but like yeah. back in the day when I used to go out into club into the club I was automatically just like the friend of the group and then like if I was with my thinner girlfriends I was like the grenade to use the Jersey Shore term where like I just had to be like someone's like wingmaned off while like this dude hit on my friend and his friend had to talk to me and they're like I don't know like flipping quarters or something oh god and so like you just automatically feel like you fall into this role um when you are a fat best friend of like caretaker because like you don't feel like you have the ability to access this like different mode of being that's really interesting and it, yeah i mean it makes sense like where that would come from mm-hmm. obviously and it's also like this thing where like you also just somehow no matter what you do like if there's a dude that wants to hit on your friend or if there's anyone that wants to hit on your friend and you're like even you're like across the room like not even talking to your friend you just are like a cock block <laughs> just like my main mode of being in my late teens and early 20s was just a cock block right just by existing by existing cock block by default yeah that should be uh... your new instagram handle <laughs> put it on my tombstone uh, <laughs> default cock block everyone needs a cock block in their life <laughs> everyone could use a cock block in their life yes um, and I, there are times I took on that role very happily, but also just like in the same way that George is kind of the way that Suki is kind of, and the way Julie in Ladybird is, is you are just automatically desexualized. Like you aren't seen as a whole person. You're like not seen as someone who's like desirable. And so you're like cut out of like that experience, which like I'm pretty good and fine with now. Um, but also, like, you're not seen as, like, someone who has a full personality outside of being fat. And you can totally tell when people think that about you. Oh, that must be so strange. It's <laughs> and awful. It's like, you know how we're talking about, like, when a woman <coughs> makes an art and, like, everybody claps? Like, people mm-hmm. are shocked when fat people have a personality. Right. Cause again, outside of just, like... Being, like, sad and wanting to lose Yeah. Like, if you're a confident fat person, it, like, blows people's minds. that's offensive. Yeah, it is. Because, like, you should just be focused on, like, doing your Martha Vineyard's detox diet and, like... Yeah. And you're already taking up enough physical space. Yes. That's another whole thing, too. Yeah. 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 So, the fat best friend trope definitely does play out in real life. It happens. And it happens constantly even as like I'm still building my career and I am doing more things and not like I have this huge ego or anything but like I am getting more recognition for the stuff I do I think people are still like shocked Mm-hmm. right do you think that people are like wow you've like you're doing these things like you've overcome this hurdle which is just your body but you're still like good for you yeah, you know? yeah. You can still f- have a f- functional, like, full life while, like, 
being fat. Yeah. As if those things are, like, remotely related. It's so weird. Yeah, no, people just, like, don't think, like, that you can have this, like, full personality when you're fat. And they... Because I think people are so predisposed to see a body first. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think just the way desirability politics or the way... So desirability politics, I know I'm using, like, some $5 words right now, like, is just the way in which your desirability, a.k.a., like, your fuckability um makes your life easier so like obviously like thin white cis straight uh, like conventionally attractive people have it a lot easier than fat people than people of color trans people um queer people and then when you put all those things together like it's a shit show Mm, um yeah i remember in my like psychology undergrad just one of the saddest (laughs) studies we had to learn about and we watched a video um and it was just they had like this like frumpy woman like I don't know maybe she was chubby I don't remember Mm but um her car broke down on the side of the road and they had her just like stand outside of it and try and like get help from passers-by um no one stopped and then they contrasted that with, like, a really hot woman, just, like, same situation. And it was just, like, a fucking, like, line up down the block of dudes just, like, trying to, like, get under the hood and, like... <laughs> it's wild. Yeah. It was very sad, but that's... That's the world. That's desirability politics at play. And that does influence a lot of how people view you and how people treat you and also how you begin to treat yourself because there's a lot of things that I wouldn't have done in my late teens early 20s that I'm doing now because I only ever saw myself as a fat best friend I only ever saw myself as just a fat girl and not like giving myself room to grow and like see that no I can do all these things mm-hmm. and like be successful and like all this stuff all right it looks like we are actually running out of time thank you Lindsay for being my first guest on the first episode of heavy content it's been wild it's been good it's been a lot of talking about George Costanza that's all I want to do it's true. You also, like, want to dress like him. I don't want to. I think I successfully do. And it was not a conscious choice. <laughs> we'll talk about this later. Uh, yeah, that'll be an off-air combo. Um, remember when I talked about how much we communicate and process things? I think I crossed a boundary. <laughs> yeah. Thanks um, for having me. We'll yeah. use I statements. Don't worry about it. Yes, thank you so much. Now, before we go... Is there anything you'd like to plug? Are Maneater and Birdo playing any shows coming up? Yeah, they both are. Uh, Birdo is playing on August 25th with uh, Human Music and Mr. Merlot at the Black Lab. And again on August 31st, we're playing a pool party. Thor's Palace. There's an actual fucking pool. Um, That will be fun. Playing with Tommy Tone and Pudding. And Maneater's playing the next day, September 1st, at The Toast. It's Ghost Thoughts release, and we're playing with Devours and Little Spring. That'll be good, too. That is a busy schedule. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
all right, I will be at those shows as well since I'm a professional audience member. I'll make sure to link all of Lindsay's bands on our social meds, on the website, so you can check out their band camps, love them, listen to them, maybe throw them some money for their demos. I will also link the events that Lindsay's playing at the end of the month, so if you're a Vancouver local, you can come check those out. They will be a blast. I'm very excited. All right, this comes to the end of the first episode of Heavy Content. I know it was a bit long, but we had some foundations to lay, all right? We had some stuff to talk about before we really jumped into it. I promise to try and keep every other episode around 40 minutes long, but this one just, unfortunately, went a little bit over an hour. You can come back and listen to me again on September 5th, where I'll be coming through your headphones all alone, talking about the high school fat. So, you know, the trope about the sad high school kid that's bullied doesn't really live their life until some magical transformation happens. If you want to stay in contact, follow what's going on, some updates with heavy content, maybe catch some memes, which would be cool, please feel free to follow us at facebook.com slash heavy content. You can hit up the Instagram at heavy content cast and also follow the Twitter at heavy podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope to get those downloads. Rate me. Like me. Please. I want this to blow up because I have a huge ego, but also because I'm super excited about the guests that are going to be featured and the topics we're going to be talking about. So God willing, if the moons and planets and stars align, this will be on iTunes in time for you to like, rate, and comment. This is going to be on Spotify, so please follow and download there, and I'll provide other links for direct downloads once this episode airs. So again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Lindsay, for being an amazing guest, and I'll see you on September 5th.